And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Three days after a Monday night football game that Jets fans will never forget, we are continuing to talk about the fallout of the Aaron Rodgers injury. Also looking ahead to Sunday as well. The NFL season goes on. The Jets headed to Dallas to take on the Cowboys on Sunday. We'll get into that. I'm Tim McMaster along with our Jets reporter at The Athletic, Zach Rosenblatt. And we are excited to be joined by The Athletic's new senior NFL insider, Diana Rossini. She's going to join us for the, the top of the show to talk about this Rodgers stuff. Uh, please subscribe on YouTube. If you're watching us, give us the thumbs up. Give us a great review on Apple, Spotify, wherever you're listening, if you're consuming the podcast that way. Um, all right, lots to get to. Um, Diane, I know we have you for a little stretch here at the beginning, so we want to dive right in. But first of all, welcome to the team. We're so excited to have you here at The Athletic. Guys, you didn't even give me a warm-up lap. It's, <laughs> I started this job, and boom, the biggest story in sports happens. You know, I thought we would have... Uh, a little bit of a runway here to get going. But man, you guys threw me right in the fire. So here we go. And and, and look, we were there on Monday night. And, and I have to tell you, I've covered a lot of big sports stories over the years. I've covered a lot of news stories uh, in my 20 years as a reporter. And I will say that it will be one of those one of those nights where I, I will recall as Hey, I got to be there and cover it and share share that story with so many people and our readers and, 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 and listeners. But it it will always stick out um, the emotions, the roller coaster that it was uh, for, you know, you could feel it in the stadium. And then, of course, in the locker room after the game and and really since this is a team that is still coping. Um, and while I know this is not a death and Robert Salas said this is not, you know, there's no obituary on this team. Um, there is a little bit of a mourning period that's going on in New York. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you're, I'm in New York too, Zach. We're, the three of us all live around here, and I think you can feel it when you're walking around there. You can tell the Jets fans from the – well, actually, I shouldn't say that. The Giants fans are have the same expression on their faces after uh, the game against the Cowboys. I was, I was going to say, I was gonna say as, of, uh, as of like a month ago before Diana was, uh, was hired here, I don't know if we'd really spoken much, and now I think we, we're, we're texting and talking to each other constantly because yeah. there's just been Our so much that's been happening like with the Jets. Our relationship is like full so. ahead. You, you are on my phone. More. Yeah, I, yeah I, it's I, like I've I known really, you forever at this point. You're yeah. one of my best friends. It's so weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, so Aaron you, did that for us, I guess. He brought yeah, us so, together. Yeah, yeah. No, this has been fantastic. And obviously, I think everyone is dissecting those moments and, and is yeah. really taking a look at everything from the start uh, to to really where we're at now, and you know, one thing, guys, that that I feel like the the people at home didn't get to really see um, that we saw in person because I know ESPN didn't really air much of it. Were those was the incredible introductions that came along 
uh, with when, you know, we've seen clips now. I think people on social media have seen the videos. Um, but that was an electric scene for people that have all covered Super Bowls before. I have never, ever seen anything like that in terms of the introductions on a Monday night football game uh, on an opening weekend or opening night for a team. And I think that drama really fueled into what uh, what we wound up seeing. Yeah, it 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 was the the high and then the low so close together, and and it led to we saw the the amazing um, how many people were watching the game and all of that as well. You guys just talked about how close you've become, so I wanted to bring that up. You have another story uh, with both of your bylines on it this morning. Getting more into the cut blocks, and I know some people are already saying like I'm sick of hearing about these cut blocks, but I mean. When something like this happens, you want to know everything and why and the reasoning behind it. Um, and that story included uh, some reporting from Matt Schneidman here at The Athletic, too, because he's in Green Bay, obviously. I um, mean, talked to Bakhtiari about that stuff. But, um, Zach, I don't know if you want to start just about this whole thing and the fact that Rodgers just it seems like it's like his least favorite thing from an offensive line standpoint. And it happened on the worst play of maybe his career. Yeah. I should say, I think people are misinterpreting why we're writing it as like we're trying to like scapegoat or something. I I think we're we're just trying to give like the full breadth of like what happened. Um, and part of that is that they ran a play where that Rodgers does not like and that he's historically not liked. And on that play, he got injured. And so it was kind of like, you know, if you look at it, when you're watching a game, when a guy cut the blocks, it looks like he's literally just falling. And I think that happened a few plays earlier with Mekhi Becton and then again with Dwayne. Uh, the Dwayne one was even worse, obviously. And so in the moment, everybody's like, what, what is Dwayne Brown doing? And so we, we decided we wanted to try and figure out exactly why they did that, why the Jets like calling that, why Rodgers doesn't like those. And, you know, with the disclaimer that, like, nobody actually thinks this is why the injury happened. Uh, but, yeah, I think that was, that was, our, that was our goal here. And I, th- I think we did a pretty good job of explaining it, even if everybody looks at the headline or whatever and gets mad because that's just how things go. But, um, yeah, and I think people are just emotional yeah. about it. Nobody, you know, there is there. I feel like there's there's part of the fan base right now that that wants to blame people because it, it makes you feel better, right? Because yeah. you can say this is the reason. Uh, but in reality, injuries happen, and we see it all the time. And there's nothing specific that made this happen. But I think what made this interesting and why we dug on it was because so much of what this Jets organization has done has allowed Aaron to do what he wants. They have shaped everything in the building to make sure he was happy and, and to allow him to be as comfortable as possible. So here we have a situation and, and a protection that we have now been able to, to uncover that he's never liked. Going back to his days in Green Bay, David Bakhtiari really probably was the strength of, of our piece because he shared that view as someone with so much experience uh to you know in knowing on what Aaron prefers and a normal protection is really what he would like so he can have that time to extend the play so um I think that all made it really interesting knowing how much effort's been put into making Aaron comfortable yet first night first four plays you know we're seeing protections he doesn't prefer but that in mind, Zach, I do think it's important to share. Aaron signs off on a lot yeah. on all of this, right? They meet, you know, they meet before the game. They come up with they they're they're having constant conversations about how this is going to look right out of the gate. So um 
he he obviously had to be okay with this for them to do this. Yeah, and and just to even add on to that, like he knew it's not like he didn't know those blocks were coming, and he held on to the ball a little too long. You could argue, technically, I think that's kind of what Salah alluded to after the game. Like he. He likes, he doesn't, so the reason why he doesn't like those is because Aaron famously likes to be able to improvise in the moment and, you know, change things at the line and, you know, find guys, you know, backyard football, find guys after the the route has died and, and all that stuff. And those plays, you have to get rid of it right away, no matter what. Otherwise, the guy's coming right at you because a cut block, the, the idea is the guy cuts at the defensive end. It, like, brings him down a little bit. It clears, like, a pathway, like, an Aaron's eyesight to, like, the receiver and, um, and and you can get rid of the ball quickly, but then the defensive end is going to get up and, and go pretty quickly after that, which is why you have to throw it within you know three steps or whatever. And it's, yeah, yeah. it's got to be like and, that. And so he didn't throw it that way. You know, we haven't been able to talk to him yet. I don't know if or when we ever will. He'll probably address it at some point on McAfee, I imagine. But um, like we don't know what his thought process was in that moment. But ultimately, you know, it was some people. I think some players they haven't like directly blamed it, but some players think the injury happened because of the turf. I think Salah kind of said that is not why he thinks it happened like is a freak injury from a 39 year old player who you know was probably more pro more liable to get hurt than most quarterbacks anyway so i it was it was a freak incident but like this is all that happened in that moment and maybe would have happened 10 plays later on a play that wasn't a cup block like it's like not like he was never going to get hit if they didn't exactly. if they didn't cut block but he did. and the, the the turf angle is always interesting yeah. when we're talking about met life and it was really hard for us in that locker room to find anyone on the jet side um and even our reporters over in the bills locker room that night um you know very few people few guys were like yeah i don't really care if anything um my takeaway was okay choice a is grass choice b is the turf now is better than the turf last year right so at least there's been some improvement there and and Brees hall who uh, you know, I was not expecting for him to have such a highly productive night. That, I mean, they, yeah. I, you know, I mean, you know, I, I'm interested in really finding out a little bit more about that as well. What you know, the game plan for him, I, I was unaware that it was going to be as heavy as it was. Um, but he he summed it up the best. I mean, he's just like he didn't even want to get into it with me when I asked him about it. it was essentially like. My answer to you is grass. I want. I don't want turf. I want grass. Grass, grass, grass. You know, he was really uh, funny about it when he was talking about it with me. And Dalvin Cook was standing about, you know, a foot away from us. And, and Dalvin was actually pushing back a little bit. He's like, yeah, man, but, you know, like, turf's not bad. I played on turf all those years in Minnesota. You know, you kind of, sometimes, you know, it's really soft. And, 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 and Bruce was like, just shit. Like, nope, 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 nope. And Dalvin had a little bit of that veteran, um, attitude though you know he was just like yeah but uh and i also think that's Dalvin knowing that it's probably not going to change yeah connor mcgovern actually yesterday in the locker room he spoke at the podium he had a like really scientific long answer about why he prefers uh grass to turf and he was saying about how like when if you're like your foot gets stuck in grass then it's just going to create a divot and like there's gonna be grass that comes up but when like if you get like jammed up on the turf like that's when like injuries happen and he, he was like really getting into he's like i'm not gonna try not to be like too technical then he talked for like 10 minutes like about it it was pretty impressive actually but it's because it, i do think yeah. it's one of those things where they talk about it totally more yeah. than probably we have conversations about it where they you know um like i one player would be like you should see our text exchange like you should have group text <laughs> that's about what i'm saying this, right? it, it's kind of crazy like it feels like we're ha- having deja vu because this conversation keeps happening like every year when there's a big injury at MetLife. it's like Brees then, hall yeah, yeah. Brees hall i mean and last year the athletic we all were told to like interview guys in every locker room 
to get quotes about this. I imagine we're gonna have to do that again because there's still stadiums that have turf, obviously. Yeah. So, um, and uh, another point that Connor McGovern made about MetLife, which I guess should be said, is that they do they have more concerts there than almost any stadium. So they had like two concerts Friday, concert Saturday, Giants Sunday, Jets Monday. So technically, that might not be possible to do grass in that that's in that scenario. So. Yeah, I had a, a different organization uh, share with me um, that as well. Of like sometimes you have to look at what that stadium's being yeah. used for outside. Like we have to kind of take our football uh, glasses off <laughs> and realize that these places, these venues are being used for other things outside the teams that we're covering. So um, I, I don't, I don't see MetLife having plans to change. I haven't heard of anything yeah. just yet. Uh, but as we know, with everything, you know, you get enough voices. And, and, and look, after seeing somebody like Aaron Rodgers go yeah, down, exactly. and look, we don't know if that's it. You have to wonder if maybe the Maras and the Johnsons are thinking, hey, maybe this is something we consider. We'll see. Yeah. And from a fan standpoint, we should be happy the stadiums are being used for all these different things because we're, <laughs> I mean, off topic, but you build these stadiums for billions of dollars. And if they only get used eight times a year, 16 in the case of the Giants hey, and if, Jets. If Taylor, if Taylor Swift wasn't right. at MetLife, I wouldn't have been able to go probably. So <laughs> There you go. Um, I want to just move this forward a little bit to yeah. this week, Tim Boyle's the backup for Zach Wilson. Um, everybody... In the organization, has said all the right things about that. Robert Sala, confident in both guys. But it still seems like an addition is coming. Diana, do you have any, you know, the latest on, on, I mean, Zach put out a story with 19 options, I think. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on the realistic options that this team could add? Yeah, the, the lists that are going around right now that I'm seeing um, from Ben Roethlisberger to Matt Ryan, um, you know, I know the Jets – are have crossed off a lot of those names. Um, I don't think we're going to see a name that's going to make us go, ooh, we got competition. <laughs> I, I do think it's going to be a pretty underwhelming decision when they make our choice, you know, when they when they do decide to do this. Uh, from what I can gather, and these were just conversations I had yesterday, and obviously, you know, sometimes things change, but this was yesterday. It was more they do feel really good about Zach. They're going all in. I do believe Sunday is going to tell us a lot though. They're, we're going to be able to figure out um, what the next play here. But for now, I think they're really just hoping this, that, that they believe Zach is the best option. And when you, when you dig in on it and you, you, you start to understand why, uh, why Zach is the best choice in terms of the comfort of this offense and Nathaniel Hackett and, and, and Todd Downing, you know, who I really believe Todd Downing is going to be a, a bit of the secret piece of this that a lot of people aren't thinking. They're just thinking Nathaniel Hackett is going from one Wilson to the next here, and, and, and this transition may not be great. But, but I think that Todd Downing has incredible ability um, to, to help and teach, and this is just because I've had years covering him um, when he was with the Titans. And Todd was Todd got, got a lot of shrinking down there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, but but there were things I, that players would share with me about um, just just his coaching style that that worked and, and his intelligence. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing that. But but you know the big story: Tom Brady is not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as I tweeted last night, fans can go back. Jets fans can go back to hating Tom Brady now that he's not coming. So. <laughs> But yeah, to your, your point about Todd Downing is going because I, I I'd, I've heard that he's made like a huge impact even when Aaron Rodgers was the guy. Aaron was like listened to him and his teaching methods. He's like very positive in a different way than Nathaniel Hackett. Who I think is very like high energy and like it's a whole different different vibe. But I, I will say like one of the challenges for them adding a quarterback, you know, 
when the season's already started is that they spent all offseason installing the offense that was to fit Aaron Rodgers. Zach Wilson was here learning it, but like there's not many quarterbacks that can run an offense like him. So um, I think that kind of limits the That's why I even saw somebody throw Blake Bortles out there. I think he might have retired. I don't know. Um, but because he has the hack at ties and he was with the Packers. But um, I don't know if that would excite anybody or I don't even know if that's a real thing. But I, I, that's why you're seeing names like that or a name like a Colt McCoy. who's just like a veteran who's smart. You can bring in as a backup, like like as Diana said. I don't, I don't, as much as I think someone like Jameis would be a lot of fun, um, Gardner Minshew, like guys like that, I don't know if Joe Douglas is going to trade assets for that right now. Yeah, I, I don't think they're there yet. I, I Do I think that they could yeah. eventually have that conversation in the building? Yeah. I just, I did not get a sense from talking to a bunch of people there yesterday that trading what, what was going to be something, unless they think that there's really somebody that is the perfect fit here that's worth because you know even just talking to people around the league yesterday everyone kind of has that same attitude about the Jets when they're looking at them which is they got to win now like this team is that good they need to figure this out so we'll see if if the pressure gets put on them for them to maybe say all right we got to do it if if we're I mean we're we're already all in so let's just keep 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 in so we'll, we'll see how it how it shakes out here after Dallas one thing that could help Zach for sure, I think, is having Aaron Rodgers around. Yeah. Um, even if it's, we saw in the preseason, talking to him during plays. But no, not that. But just having him in, in the room and around and to talk through things. Um, Diana, do you think that he, once he's through surgery and all of that, does he find his way back to New Jersey to be around this team this season, knowing that he's just rehabbing? Yeah, they obviously want him. That, that that is very clear that that they 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 want him because they know how useful he is. I mean, all season we've been saying or off season and training camp, the one thing that everyone, anyone that's watched hard knocks, anyone that's observed practice can see that his role as a hybrid head uh, coach and quarterback has been tremendous. And the the version of Zach Wilson with Aaron Rodgers is significantly better. Um, so. I, I would think that he is going to continue to communicate with his quarterback room. He uh, he has shared how much he loves them, and and I could see you know the, the Jets feel seem to feel that that this is going to be a longer road with Aaron Rodgers than than, than maybe what some people believe that he's going to be part of this team this year, next year, and maybe future years. So why would he avoid helping? If anything, he's going to want to play into some of the joy and and the the happiness that he's been talking about since he's joined the team yeah i i think that's a great point like i i do think that he'll stay at the very least communicative with like zach in the qb room and hack it i'm curious to see how like my my gut is that he'll go out to malibu wherever he gets his surgery and then go out to malibu because he's always talking about being with his people salah said he's consult he's getting consultations uh with his own people right now so i imagine he'll spend some time out there you know, kind of figuring out his feelings and emotions and all that stuff because it's he, he had his Instagram post last night where he said he was completely heartbroken and all that stuff. He said he will rise again, whatever you think <laughs> that means. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, so I, I am that I think that's one of the more interesting things about the rest of the season because I, I do think that would give a b- big boost to this group. Um, if you want to get somebody in there to make them believe they can still do something, like Aaron Rodgers, more than these coaches can do it. So I, I'm sure. Salah's probably giving him a space, but I'm sure at some point they'll be like, hey, you want to come back? And Salah even said, you know, someone asked him if he'd wear a headset. And Salah was like, I don't know if we have 
enough headsets, but if he wants one, he can have one, basically, was what to he said. Keep so, in mind. Yeah. Uh, I, I think what Sal probably wanted to say was he could have yeah. his own. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> I don't call plays. It's fine. He can have it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to move things along, but Diana, thank you so much for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Um, Look forward to all your great reporting now that you're a part of the team here at The Athletic. Cool. Thanks for including me, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, great stuff um, from Diana. And Zach, I, I wanted to share the full uh, Instagram from Rogers yeah. here. He said, and most people have already read this, but he said, thank you to every person that has reached out, called, texted, DM'd, connected through a friend, etc. It has meant a ton to me, and I'll try and get to back to everybody soon. I'm completely heartbroken and moving through all of the emotions, but deeply touched and humbled by the support and love. Please keep me in your thoughts and prayers as I begin the healing process today. The night is darkest before the dawn, and I shall rise yet again. Ending it with some classic, what you would expect from Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he never disappoints on on that stuff. Um, <laughs> well, that Referencing Dark Knight there, too, I should say. He's a movie buff, and he's always oh, yeah. trying to reference movies. So. I, I, had yeah. somebody, I had somebody say he, he was... This is kind of making fun of him, but in a, in a in a fun way. Like he was very like old man with his like emoji usage. I feel like like very like dad. He's not a dad, but dad energy with all the emojis he threw in there. Forty year old energy, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, one other thing I, I thought was interesting on a, on a hope front before we move on to news around the Jets this week, and then we'll get into the Cowboys as well. Um, I thought Vicaro's story. I think it was yesterday in the post, but he talked about like the past rags to riches stories in the NFL. Mm. And if you want a little bit of hope, like guys like Kurt Warner, obviously yeah. everybody remembers that, but Mike Livingston with the chiefs replaced Len Dawson, took them to the super bowl, Earl Morrill with the Colts twice filled in for Johnny Unitas and took them deep. And then of course, right here in New York, Jeff Hostetler leading the giants or, to the super bowl. Victory. Or Philly, Nick Foles with uh, Nick Carson Foles, Wentz. Yeah. I mean, that was, yeah. that was like the end of the season, which made it even more unique, I guess. But yeah, I mean, look, and we won't, we won't, you know, stay on this topic. It's hard not, to, it's hard to talk about almost anything else at the moment, but like the Jets drafted Zach Wilson second overall, if he was ever going to prove like, this is his last chance probably to prove that he can be an NFL. Unfortunately, he didn't get the chance to sit back and watch like they had planned. Um, but you know that this is your chance to go and and show the league that you can be an NFL quarterback. He hasn't shown enough this offseason to make me believe that that's the case. But you know this the this team has no nothing they can do but believe in him. And, you know you saw there's a clip circulating. I think it was from inside the NFL 
from the sideline. You had Garrett Wilson going over and giving him some motivational pep talk, Alan Lazard, Nathaniel Hackett. Like, last season we all saw, you know, I reported on it, we talked about it on here. Like, guys were not hiding their annoyance with how bad Zach was last year. It wasn't about, like, who he was. It was just about how he was playing. And, you know, Garrett Wilson was one of the most, like, outwardly emotional guys about it. Elijah Moore demanded a trade. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. I think LaFleur is pretty open about how he didn't really like Zach, which, um, you know, teach their own, I guess. Uh, but I, I think the environment around him is better. He definitely has a better mindset. Like, that's undeniable. Like, if you talk to him, he just seems different. Um, but, like, him being happier doesn't change if he can't, like, read the defense or whatever. So, and, you know... I think we talked about this the other day, but, like, there was the moment where he, like, ran backwards quite a bit, and Peyton Manning was, like, just so, like, what are we doing here kind of thing. Like, <laughs> like that, like the the old Zach Wilson stuff. Like, he can't do that stuff. So, I, on one hand, like, they have the pieces to still win. Last year, they lost Brees Hall, uh, and that was a big reason why things fell apart because he was kind of like the safety valve for, for Zach. They could just give him the ball, and he can make things happen. He's here. Garrett Wilson is better than last year. Alan Lazard, solid, reliable veteran. Like the offensive line should be better than it was last year. The pieces are around him. Like it's it's on Zach to go make it happen now. I'm hoping that the presence of Dalvin Hook keeps Cook keeps them from yeah like if wanting Brees, to overuse yeah. Brees right because yeah. now would be the time to like all right Brees is the offense and yeah I just, give him 25 not, carries yeah yeah it's not fair to him coming off the injury but Dal- yeah. Dalvin's there so hopefully that. That allows them to continue to, to do. I do. Exploits. I do. It, it is funny. I I think I wasn't alone in this. I from that first game, and we won't. You know, that's old news now at this point. But like, I I expected the. I didn't expect Dalvin to go off or anything. But I didn't expect like Brees to look like he had almost fresh legs, even if he kind of slowed down a little bit on his long run. And I expected Dalvin to be like more ready to go. But it seemed like Dalvin is still getting his sea legs a little bit because he, you know, he wasn't with the team at all. I guess technically Brees right, Hall he was, was late, with the team, right? Right. So Brees was trying to stay in football shape, but it's not like Dalvin wasn't. But it just seemed like he didn't have like the that much juice when he was running the other day. So I'm curious if as the season goes along, he'll look a little better, and then you have a have a nice fifty fifty split. It I think we are really going to find out how good Garrett Wilson is or not though coming up because you saw last year he had a thousand yards with what they had last year. He had that amazing catch in the in the end zone that you know I don't know if it was the best throw necessarily. Um, but he made it happen. Like I'm, I'm wondering how much is he gonna have to just make things happen, or is Zach gonna have a better connection with him this year? Yeah, how much can he elevate Zach? I tell you what, I, I want to root for Zach, right? I want him to become that character, that underdog story that you can root for. He hasn't always said the right things to make you want to root for him, but it seems like he maybe turned a corner through this whole process as far as that goes yeah. as well. So we're gonna see. We're gonna see how he is week in and week out talking to the media. Um, if he has a bad game, if he gets snippy with the media, all that if kind Con- of stuff. If Connor Hughes asks him a question, well, like that kind of how stuff. How he handles that, yeah. That, <laughs> and, but that'll drive anybody nuts. So that's cool. <laughs> um, All right, uh, news and notes, and then we'll get into the Cowboys a little bit. Um, big big awards week for the Jets. Yeah. Xavier Gibson, special teams player awesome. of the week. Jordan Whitehead, defensive player of the week with the three interceptions. Um, kind of no-brainers, I guess, to a degree. Although... This defense was probably could have gone some different ways. There was some really intimidating pass rushing going on in week one, and they, they ended up but giving three, it to three interception three, three interceptions, interceptions is hard to like over. Yep. He, the funny thing is he had three interceptions, but like no other stats, which on is, Monday night too. Yeah, he had three picks, but like no tackles, no pass to fly. It was still a great game, but it was just like funny to me that like it's like when uh, 
like when an NBA player gets like 50 points but has like zero rebounds and zero assists kind of thing. Like it's just all one step. Yeah. But I mean, Jordan Whitehead, you know, I think we we refer to him as like a question mark all offseason. The coaching staff has been very high on him, and I think he showed it. But Xavier Gibson is like, he probably would have been more of a story this week. He he still is because a lot of people in the locker room, a lot of people are asking about him. I'm I'm working on something on him and. uh Kind of fascinating backstory, but he's just like such a likable kid. Everybody in this locker room just loves him. Like I haven't seen that even with like regular rookies, let alone undrafted guys. Like if you ask anybody in the locker room, they all love that kid. The coaching staff loves him. And that was before he had that play. So that's why it went from thinking he was on the bubble to realizing that he was maybe a roster lock the whole time. Aaron Rodgers was talking him up as if he was going to have a role in the offense. He might have played more the other day if they didn't do so much 12 personnel. Um, he had one snap on offense and McCole Hardman had zero. So maybe he's ahead of McCole Hardman in the, in the pecking order. But I mean, he's a, in terms of returning, he's a star. Like that was an impressive, impre- there was some great blocking on that. He uh, set those Tra- blocks up though. He too. did. Like if you he see, did. he slows, you can see him like, you can even cuts. see him like looking at like finding the holes and, but yeah, there, I think Chas Surratt had the big block that cleared, uh, cleared away, but he also like at the end, like it looked like it was done. And, and then he ran at the Jets. I think it was on Instagram. Maybe they did it on Twitter, too. They posted a bunch of videos of all the different angles, like, from the crowd, from here, from up. And it was just, like, fascinating seeing, like, first, like, how he, like, maneuvered around the blocks. And then, like, on the sideline, like, the progression of first, like, the beginning of the play. Remember, he was, like, cutting one way, went the other way. And so everybody's kind of, like, just watching. And then they're getting more excited as he's getting a big gain. And then then at the end where it looked like he's about to get tackled, then he cuts the end zone. Then Sala, like, runs onto the field. The team runs on the field and tackles him. And... Um, it was it was a cool moment, and the the, the Jets, you know, they might have really found something there. I, to, to Joe Douglas' credit, that's two years in a row they they've they've found at least one undrafted rookie. I know it's one game, but at least one undrafted rookie that has starter quality potential. And the other was Tony Adams, who I I don't think I noticed him as much. I don't think he had a bad game by any stretch, though. Um, and and honestly, him his presence might have helped Jordan Whitehead a little bit too. Um, but. Yeah, they deserve a lot of credit for finding Xavier Gibson. Um, I'm going to have more about how they did uh, in a couple of days. But, um, yeah, him getting that award is, is pretty cool for a kid from Stephen F. Austin and, um, you know, FCS school. Like, it's pretty rare that a rookie from an FCS school has a Player of the Week award in Week 1. Like, I wonder how many times in NFL history that's even happened. So, um, yeah. the Jets have something there. That's, that's you know, they've added talent uh, to a team that are already talented last year. So You mentioned Hardman. Um and Salah talked about we talked about yeah. it on Tuesday they didn't play but Salah talked about it on Wednesday saying he was in the plans originally um, when Rodgers went down the game plan changed and he kind of got taken out of the plans but is that telling of the of the future especially with what you just said about Gibson or do you think Hardman yeah. you know coming up this weekend has a much bigger role it's a i think it's going to be matchup based which is kind of what Salah said because yeah. The reason why he wasn't out there is because they went really, really conservative, which meant more C.J. Uzama, Tyler Conklin, and or Rucker. They did like a decent amount of 13 personnel, which is three tight ends on the field at once. And I thought when that's on, when that's the case, you know you're going to run the ball. Like nobody in the – Breeze was still able to get yards on those. But And by the way, Rucker is a guy – I tweeted about yeah, this yesterday. I was going to bring that he up. Had yeah. phenom- he had a phenomenal game run blocking. And I wonder if, by, if pretty soon he's going to wind up having to play more than even C.J. because he brings more of the pass catcher, I think. But – um, but yeah, to circle back to the, so if they're going more 12 personnel, that means Alan Lazard needs to be on the field and you need Garrett on the field pretty much as much as possible. Cause he's Garrett cause Alan, Alan Lazard's the best run blocker or you have Randall Cobb out there. Um, and that doesn't really leave much room for Hardman, but you know, he's so fast and you can use him as a gadget player. Like 
I think you need to try and manufacture some plays for him. Um, you know, by the end of camp, it was pretty clear he was lower in the pecking order than I expected. And if, if they value Gibson even more than him, then I'm not even sure what his role is necessarily outside of kick returner. But that is something I'm going to be keeping my eye on. Because while I didn't expect him to have a big role, I did not expect him to get zero snaps on offense. So I, this week, it's going to be interesting because they're going to have to have extra blockers there to help with this. We're going to get into the preview, but ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous pass rush that the Cowboys have. So um, I don't know how much of a role he's going to play this week either. Let's transition to this week and the Cowboys and the pass rush that you just mentioned. The Jets trying to go 2-0 and for the first time since Fitzmagic 2015. Um, if they can beat a team that beat the Giants 40 to nothing, I do think the score <laughs> is a little misleading in that when you look at the, the Cowboys offensively, nothing really stands out. Yeah, Dak had like 100-something yards, yeah. Yes, yeah, Dak had 143 yards. He, he didn't throw it that much because he didn't need to because they had the big lead early. He was 13 of 24. Um, but the defense looked every bit as good as we thought they might be. They pressured Daniel Jones on 23 of 37 dropbacks. Wow. Seven sacks. Jones had 104 yards, two picks, and a 32.4 it was, rating. It was bad. Yeah. And if you think of the Giants O line and the Jets O line, you'd probably give the edge to the Giants. And it's just that's that's step one. I don't one, know, right? honestly. Like, it's I don't no, know if you yeah, it, it's it's they're not both I would say you have questions about both, but I think the Giants have the Giants have a better like their left tackle is a star, but I think the rest of their groups has some question marks. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So Bet MGM right now has Micah Parsons as the favorite to win defense player of the mm-hmm. year plus four hundred. Miles Garrett second at plus six hundred. That's where it all starts, right, Zach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Michael Parsons, and, and the thing that makes him so scary beyond being like a freak athlete is that they can line him up almost anywhere. You can play him both sides of the edge, coming off the, as an outside linebacker. You can, I think he's even shuffled inside sometimes. They have DeMarcus I think his Lawrence. sack against the Giants came up the middle, actually. Yeah, there you go. And they have DeMarcus Lawrence on the other side. So, like, if you're doubling Parsons, you're pulling somebody away from, like, the other side. And so it's going to be a really good test for Makai, who I think for the most part held up pretty well the other day, and Dwayne Brown, who, you know, Beyond the sack, he gave up. I think there were some bumps. I, I think the O line, like I think it corrected itself a little bit as the game went on, at least in terms of the run blocking, which I thought was really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, stopping Parsons, stopping Lawrence, the their whole D line, like, and Cowboys have a great defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, who really knows how to scheme it up, and he, you know, making it difficult, making life difficult for Zach Wilson. Um, so I don't know. I've, I'm. They're gonna have a hard time with that defense, and it's I, if they're gonna win this game, it's gonna to have to be a low-scoring one. Like, I just don't. Even if it was Aaron Rodgers in there, I'd be worried. So, um, I just this. I think this Cowboys team is better than people realized. Honestly, like I, maybe they're not forty to zero over a, a playoff team from last year, good, but I, I think they're a Super Bowl contender. So, um, and it's in Dallas, and the Jets are coming off this very emotional week. So, short week also, which doesn't help matters at all. Which is why a big reason why, and we didn't really necessarily mention this a big reason why they're not even signing one right now is because it's a short week and so bringing a quarter i mean maybe you can bring him in now to plan for next week but they didn't they felt like it seems like we're going to get to the end of the week without a new quarterback joining them i think so um yeah it's going to be uh it's going to be interesting another i, mean, I just thought of this i'm r- rambling now but like who their emergency quarterback is going to be because they only have two on the roster so uh, we were talking about in the in the media room yesterday i think nick Bodden used to play quarterback in college and they moved him to fullback he's he's apparently like bulked up to a degree that i don't know how he could throw it anymore so my guess would be either him or they go with like Brees hall and dalvin cook as like wildcat quarterbacks kind of thing 
Well, that, <laughs> that's not <laughs> what you need for your guy coming off the big injury. I think I, yeah. I also saw somewhere that Randall Cobb played some quarterback in college. There you go. Cobb would make sense, I guess, because he's smart. He's very smart, too. So, And if anybody knows what Rodgers is thinking, it's him. So maybe you can replicate that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, if it gets to that point, we have bigger issues, I think. Uh, oh, yeah. And all will be lost. It's over. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so the Giants double-team Parsons a lot, too. And and I, four of their seven sacks came on plays when he was doubled. So, like, there you even go. when he's so. not doing it, he's doing it for other people as well. He's... You're paying so much attention to him that it's freeing up other people. Well, um, so, to be honest, sorry, sorry to cut you off, but like no. that's why I think you might see some cut blocks this week because, like, if you right. can't block him, then cutting him would at least prevent him from getting there for three seconds. So, yeah, and get the ball out quick and and have some ideas of getting Garrett the ball quickly in some way. Like if it's you yes, know, yes, they took way too long to do that the just, other day. Yeah. Um, all right, the good news for the Jets, while they may not score many points, is they're probably not going to give up many. I mentioned the Cowboys. Um, Pollard had 17 car- 14 carries for 70 yards, a couple touchdowns. Obviously, C.D. Lamb is, is a star. Um, and one thing that's tricky, I think, about C.D. Lamb is he lines up in the slot, right? So it's not going to be Sauce yeah. or D.J. Reed on him most of the time. It's going to be Michael Because they don't Carter. travel, yeah. So while they'll be able to shut down the other guys, like – C.D. Lamb could be a problem. Yeah, he, he's a talented player. He's he's not like the big physical freak that like some of the other star receivers they go against are, but he's he's just a really solid, and he's a great athlete. Um, and so Michael Carter II is going to be an X factor in this game. Um, yeah. I'm sure they'll bring help, and I'm sure there might be instances where Saucer DJ Reed do line up across from him. Brandon Cooks is uh, their other big receiver. He's not big, but he's their other like talented receiver. He's very fast. He's a threat. Um, but yeah, this is, so this is going to be a big game for Michael Carter the second for, for Tony Adams, for Jordan Whitehead, like guys in the middle of the field who are going to have to help out there. I don't think the the Cowboys tight ends aren't really a threat and the Jets have struggled against tight ends, but slot receiver is, you know, they have been hyping up Michael Carter the second all off season and this is going to be a big game for him. Um, they did play a three safety look a decent amount the other day to the point where Jamie and Sherwood only played like four snaps and I think Adrian Amos played 10. So I imagine they'll probably do that again because that way Amos can act as like a pseudo linebacker safety and maybe offer some help uh, with CeeDee Lamb. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I think the Jets' defense can win this battle. The Cowboys' offense is talented, though maybe not as scary as like some other offenses they'll face. Uh, Tony Pollard, I think, is very, very good and dangerous. So they, But they're, the Jets' D-line, as you, know, you mentioned how good the Jets' defense is, like that D-line was utterly dominant. I tweeted some stats. I don't have them in front of me. I do. Um, Hold on. I got oh, you it right do. Here. Okay, yeah. If you want to run, if you want to run through that, because it was pretty ridiculous. Uh, John Franklin Myers eight pressures, a sack, a QB hit. Quinton Williams five pressures, a QB hit. Quinton Jefferson four pressures, two sacks, and a QB hit. Bryce Huff four pressures and a QB hit. Jermaine Johnson three pressures, a sack, and a QB hit. Al Woods a pressure and a sack, and Michael Clemens the forced fumble on, on Allen. I mean that everybody got into the act. Everybody, and the, and that's. You know, Will McDonald played, didn't really, I didn't really notice him um, yet. It was his first game, though. But Carl Lawson didn't play, as we mentioned, because they were resting him. It sounds like he's going to play this week. So you're bringing another talented guy in there. Um, I, I imagine Will McDonald's snaps will go down. I'm curious how much Jermaine Johnson will play, because I thought he played very, very well. Uh, and if it'll be Jermaine or Carl Lawson starting, I would start Jermaine personally at this point. But, um, you know, 
I think Carl and Jermaine will wind up playing a lot of the defensive end snaps and you slide JFM over, but also Quentin Jefferson looked very, very good. So I think you want him in there on passing down. Like they just have so much. It's like an embarrassment of riches. It's crazy. Um, and so that, that'll make none life. of them can play quarterback. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they can. I don't know. Will McDonald's a pretty impressive athlete. Uh, but uh, so I think they'll be the biggest help for Michael Carter II. And that's why it'll be key for him, like, just to, you know, even if, if even a CeeDee Lamb's getting a lot of catches, as long as they're short and not for big gains, I think you can, you can live on that. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I, the reason why you believe in this chess defense starts at the defensive line 100% of the time. As it, they just keep coming at you, that was like a whole thing. And they didn't even have a lead this last game. The whole idea when they built this was like, we're going to be having a lot of leads with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, so we're going to be rushing the passer quite a bit. They didn't really have a lead very long in that Bills game, uh, and it still worked out. So if they can somehow get in front of the Cowboys, uh, however that is, whether that's a pick six or, you know, Brees Hall running for 90 yards, whatever it is, like if they can jump ahead in some way, like this defense is built to hold a lead. So I'm, uh, that'll, be, that'll be a fascinating part of this game. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Ready to do picks? Yeah, do you want want to put the link in the chat for everybody so they can still sign up? Because they can still sign up, right? Yeah, so we we're doing uh instead of having a instead of having a guest every yeah yeah instead of having a guest every week this year, uh, Tim thought it'd be cool if we have uh, this pool online where you pick every game and and at the end of the year we'll have we'll figure out some way of like uh, giving a prize or something to the whoever has the most. Um, but since I'm the winner from last year, I expect to win again. So, <laughs> although I did pick for I did pick for the athletic last week, I don't think I did very well. I didn't see my record, uh, so I'm not optimistic. But. I'm going to get the link in. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hold on. The problem is that uh, anybody who's had two-factor authentication. <laughs> Struggles. Um, right, there I'm are some, bring up this. There are some, I was just say, there are some interesting games this week, though. 
I even think the Vikings, who don't look very good against the Eagles, is interesting because the Eagles are on a short week and they're very banged up. Uh, they have a few James Bradbury's out. Uh, I believe somebody else, uh, one of the linebackers, uh, Nicobe Dean's out for a while. Uh, so that game tonight, I think, is going to be actually interesting. Some people who are listening to this might, the game might have already happened, so that might sound dumb. Um, I think Packers Falcons might be sneakily good. Ravens Bengals will be a good one. Chargers Titans, I think, will be close. Uh, the Rams aren't going to keep this up. Um, Dolphins, up Patriots, and Brown Steelers. Like so, there's a bunch of oh, there's two Monday night games this week. I hate when they do that. Yep, yep. Uh, so here's the uh, here's the pool. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties. The links in the uh, in the chat now. Uh, we have a good amount of people already signed up. So thanks for everybody who's already signed up. But here's my picks for Week One. Um, Zach, I don't know if you want to. You just picked a, a few games that you focused on, but who you're going with? I, I got the, fit, the Eagles, Packers, Bills, Bengals. I think the Bengals bounce back. That's kind of what. If I had to put a lock in these games, um, I think maybe the Bengals minus three and a half. Uh, Baltimore obviously lost Dobbins last week. Bengals at home took it on the chin against the Browns last week. Three and a half. I think they do that. Uh, Seattle on the road, Chargers, then Bucks. I'll take the Chiefs over the Jags. The Texans at home versus the Colts. That's a bad game. Uh, the Rams at home against the Niners. The Giants traveling to Arizona. I think they bounce back after that awful performance. Um, I got the Cowboys minus nine and a half. Why did I take? I'm going to change that one before the picks. That one's getting switched. I think I picked that game and didn't notice the uh, the line. I feel uh, like okay. the Jets don't I'll, get I just pull, I pulled mine up, so I'll run through my picks, and you're done. Okay. Uh, Denver over Washington, Patriots over the Dolphins, Panthers over the Saints, and Browns on Monday night at the Steelers um, with hopefully Michael Dunn getting lots of plays. Yes. You know, first, I'll, I'll pick like the th- – like, you know, we used to pick three games, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll pick three right yeah. now that I that I like. Um, I picked the Falcons plus one and a half. I don't think the Packers were as good as they were against – the, the Bears, and I think the Falcons have some interesting talent. Uh, I picked the Seahawks plus four and a half against the Lions. Again, I don't think the Seahawks were as bad as they looked in week one, and the Lions coming off the high of the Chiefs, maybe they fall back a little bit. And let's see another one I like. Let's see. I went, oh, I'll say Saints minus three and a half against the Panthers. I, I think the Saints are sneakily very good. They played a Titans team that I think is going to be pretty good, so it wasn't very high scoring. I don't think the Panthers are very good, so three and a half. I think they'll win by more than that. So those would be the three in terms of like some upsets that I picked. I let's see what other ones I had. Um, I had the Vikings plus six and a half for the reasons I mentioned earlier with injuries. I had let's see here Washington plus three and a half against the Broncos. I think the Broncos stink. And that's it. Yeah, the other ones are I have all the favorites. So there you go. Hope you guys all, right, all so, plug uh, your picks in. But There's our picks presented by BetMGM. Get your picks in, and like you said, as the season goes on, like somebody goes perfect one week, we'll get you on the show if you if you want to come on and talk about it. Um, as the standings start to break down, maybe we'll have like leaders come on here and there. So we yeah. still want to get everybody involved and have people on the show from time to time. Um, but we like to mix things up and make it new every week. Um, Marissa Marissa's is par- yeah, saying Marissa's participating, yeah. Connor is participating as well. Um, oh, did you send him, it to Connor? Yep, and he said he would do it. So Wow. Yeah, so it should be a lot of fun. There we go. Can't wait to win again. 
<laughs> but should uh, we do? I, I, I didn't. I didn't give you my pick for probably because I haven't thought about it, the pick for the Jets, for the Jets. Cowboys game. Um, well, it's not. You can just say who you're taking first. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like in terms of like score, because I feel like we do. That. So I'd say Cowboys by ten. That's what I'll say. So you taking? So you are doing? You're taking Cowboys. Yeah, I, I had the Cowboys line on that on that one. I right. I think the Jets are going to be competitive, but I think the Cowboys will pull away. I switched it. I'm taking the Jets. I'm going to say like set, I, I think the Cowboys win. I think like 17-10. Yeah. Cowboys win. There you go. Terribly low scoring game. If you love defense, <laughs> tune in for a late game on Sunday too. Um, what I am, what I do love is barbecue in Dallas. There's this place called Pecan Lodge that I'm excited to go to on Saturday. So there you go. Nice. There you go. Oh, that's right. First road trip. All right, well, safe travels to you, Zach. Um, We will be back next week with a full recap of whatever goes down in Dallas. It's either another incredible defensive performance and a 2-0 start, or, all right, 1-1, what do we do from here? Either way, we'll be back with you on the Can't Wait Podcast.